Welcome to the North Leeds Jets podcast. Um, back for the second week in a row. Uh, He's back. The original podcast crew. Yes. <laughs> Do you remember when we were doing the first, uh, like, I think it was about 10 episodes we did before we decided to interview anyone? And it was just I do remember you, that. Yeah. He used to come up with some, like, random quotes that I'd said, like, years ago. <laughs> I, I remember we did them in your house for a little, before we even started yeah. doing the video ones. Right? Oh, man, yeah. People should go back and check those out, man. If you're new to the academy or you joined in the last year, you can yeah. go back and have a look at that really early stuff. And there's some fantastic videos on our YouTube channel uh, with me and Coach T with some mad hair. <laughs> Wait, sent me a message to you. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I didn't say one. Yeah, fun, fun times. Uh, so this podcast is um, maybe a bit different than usual kind of interview style things we do. Uh, we put out a feedback form for all of our members here at the Academy a couple of weeks ago and we wanted to um, show you that we kind of listen and care about your, the feedback you give us. So we wanted to put it out here on the, on the podcast um, that uh, what kind of feedback we got and our, our thoughts on it basically. So I thought the format we could do today, Professor, is uh, there was a, four or five questions on the feedback form. Um, and uh, we can just go through a question at a time, look at some of the responses. We can't go through all the responses, unfortunately, guys. Uh, we've got like uh, over 70 responses and some people put really great detailed responses. Um, so it would take us all day. <laughs> Probably be we have looked at them all though, Yeah, right? we, we, although we, ha we haven't like talked, so this is very, um, you know, uh, uh, very much immediate kind of thoughts together. We have looked through and read through all, all of those uh, responses. So thank you very much for everyone who took the time to uh, fill out that, especially some of the really thoughtful messages, and um, we'll just get into it. It's worth saying that we did this <clears throat> because it was the anniversary on April the 12th of us being open for in-person classes for a year, so it felt like a good time. Um, you, know, we're, um, you know, development is one of our pillars, isn't it, and the three pillars of Gracie Bar, so we're, we're always trying to improve. And we know what we do is good, like we know that. Um, we know that because we have a lot of members. Mm. And we have a lot of people telling us what we do is good, but we're always trying to improve. Yeah. Maybe important to note as well, this is a fully uh, anonymous feedback, so uh, me and Mike don't know who has written it. Equally, uh, just so you should know, um, whilst the way we're doing it right now, we won't be able to see if this person is an adult member or a, um, a parent of a, of a child with us, so um, there might be a little bit of speculation on that. Okay, um, so the first question we asked on the feedback form, apart from which program are you currently in, uh, is what has been your favourite part of being a member here at GBRL so far? Um, just kind of looking up off the top here, we've got one uh, that seems quite thoughtful. I'll read it out. The community feel that has been built, even though I'm outside of that, uh, in brackets, through my shell going once a week and not participating myself, and bracket. It's a really special atmosphere. I love the detail towards the children and the key messages that the coaching and professor try to encourage. I would continue to put this at the heart of the sessions. I want my child there more so for the mental and life aspects than the skill of the martial art itself. Uh, a little end of the pit of that was, the coaches all deserve a fantastic recognition. They're there every Saturday morning, spending time 
Spending their time with their children is such a great thing, and I hope that they get the satisfaction from it. Yeah, I mean, I've just scrolled down kind of the, just scrolled, there's 72 responses here, and I've scrolled down the first kind of 20, and community keeps coming up, mm. and environment, um, which is great. I mean, on that point, thank you for the, the feedback there. Um, we speak a lot, don't we? Always have done about jujitsu being, you know, sorry, GBR being a place where people come and develop themselves, and jujitsu is a tool to do that, and that's what this parent's kind of referring to. And I think that would be, something that most people would recognize who train jiu-jitsu. Very few of these responses are, just want to learn techniques and, and the, you know, the, the art. It's about developing yourself as a person. In order to do that, of course, you've got to have a community around you that you trust um, and people who care to, to put the heart and soul into it. Not just myself and Coach T, but obviously all the assistant coaches who, as this parent quite rightly points out, give up their time they do, if you didn't know, so the people who do volunteer as assistant coaches here, we're always on the lookout for more. So if you're listening to this and you want to get involved in coaching, um, do drop me a line. We offer a, quite a substantial discount in your membership to help us out. Um, and I think if you spoke to some of those coaches, and I encourage you to do so, they'd probably tell you that they get probably more out of it than, than the kids, you know, in terms of their own development. So it's definitely worthwhile doing. Yeah, I think um, it's, it's always surprising to me how the, how many people are here on like, you, you'd probably say they're on the periphery of the community, like they may not be like an active member, but they get so much from kind of just being, you know, in the environment, you know, they're kind of, uh, you know, it's a parent of a member or it's the wife of a member and they're kind of just like coming, coming down or hear about what's been happening at the club. It's always cool. There's one here, mate, I was just going to pick out, just yeah. on a slightly different topic there, but seeing the things we've been working on in class finally start to work in live training and then experimenting with them and playing around with them. So, and there's one right below it that says, sparring people who are a lot stronger than me, they've been able to overcome that difference. So, I mean, that's the power of Jiu-Jitsu. That's why Jiu-Jitsu has developed, right? So that a smaller opponent could overcome um, uh, a larger opponent. Um, the, the point about live training is important. I just had uh, Sarah Hagen here, actually, who's one of our assistant coaches. Her daughter, Frances, comes as well. And Sarah's not yet been to live training and will be moving on shortly to start a new life in Spain. But she needs to come to live training. I said this to her today, like, you've got to come train because that is the skill acquisition piece. We spoke about this before. Yep. So like, we, give you, we can give you all the information in the world, but at some point you've got to take that information and you've got to test it You've got to go out into the big wide world of live training. You've got to roll with some different people that you don't want to train with who don't want you to, inverted commas, win. And you've got to see if your technique works. If it don't work, you've got a choice. You either abandon it or you either develop it. And that means you've got to come to more classes and more live training. So it's a, it's a fundamental and critical part of your development is live training. You've got to do it. Mm. Particularly when you start getting towards you know, wanting to get into the GB2 program and to promote, be promoted past white belt, you must be regularly live training. And once a week would be fine. Yeah. I think that's um, one of the good things we do here. I mean, I hope none of the heads of Gracie Baha are listening, but we let people spar from once they've got one stripe, right? I think there's a, there are benefits for maybe like doing the actual way of, you know, letting, getting... Do you want to tell people what it should be? Okay, like, so yeah, you should, you should usually, uh, if you're going by the book, uh, of Gracie Bar, you need three stripes before you come to live training, which I think has has merit in it. But also, I think it's going to build it up so much in your head that it, you're going to have more people with more fear and more anxiety about going to it. Whereas 
if you're just in your you know your first uh, probably just over a month of training you still got that initial kind of like I don't have any clue what's going on mm-hmm. I'm trying to like dive myself into this new crazy sport I think it's I think the way we do it is I think it works well for us yeah I mean we're going against what the organization want us to do and you know my professor I hope he's not listening he probably wouldn't be that happy that we were allowing you guys to train in live training after one strike. But that's my personal belief. It's our belief that you should be exposed to that early and then learn how it can really help you and learn where the boundaries are and get overcome that massive obstacle that's in your mind. Just imagine though, if we, so the point you're entering the GB2 program, just promoted someone just now, person's been training for four or five months. Imagine not being allowed to live train until that point. That's a long time. Yeah. And so we understand the benefit of it, and that's why we let you guys do it first. Um, on that development piece, there's, a, there's a one here that says, when I was able to come consistently three to four times a week before the new year, it was the best I felt in a few years due to being in shape and progressing more with technique training. Since then, a bunch of factors have affected my ability to come in that often, but I really want to get back to training three to four times a week. And we've just had a, now you'll all come different amount of times a week. We just had a guy in for a trial class, Jamie. He had a great class, which was good. Hope to see him again. Um, and he was saying, like, it's the obvious question that we get asked a lot. How often do I need to come? Yeah. And so you've got to know that if you're not coming at least twice a week to jiu-jitsu, because it's a skill-based game, it's not just going to the gym. It's this skill involved, and therefore you've got to learn that skill and develop it. If you're not coming at least twice a week, you're not going to progress at the rate that's going to keep you in the game. Like you're just not gonna be able to maintain that such slow progress over the time it's gonna to take to get to where you wanna be. Whether that's your black belt or whether that's your proficiency in the art. So we always say like twice a week is the minimum. And I would say like two GB1 classes a week yeah. minimum. If you're able to add the live training onto that, or even better, one more class and the live training onto that, then your progression is going to be markedly improved. It's, it's almost like a bell curve. Like it just, it's going to go up through the roof, you know, the more time you can put in. But there's a balance. Three to four times a week, I think, is the sweet spot. If you're coming five, six, seven times a week, your body's not going to be able to handle it in the early stages. And even if you're a professional athlete, training six, seven times a week is going to be tough to maintain over the long term. So you've got to view your jiu-jitsu journey as a marathon, not a sprint, and see yourself doing this routine, and you should see it as a routine, for the next eight to 10 years until you become a black belt-ish. And so three to four times a week would be optimal, I would suggest. What do you think? Yeah, I think um, the, the, the twice a week, I think, is, is really good. Uh, I remember at a time when I start, first started jiu-jitsu and my dad was training with me, uh, he could only make it once a week and he always felt like he, he was really enjoying it but he, he felt like he wasn't maybe progressing as much he was kind of like maintaining where he was um, and then yeah I think once you're hitting that two, twice a week you're getting that progression and above that you're really kind of you know you, you're Developing. really going you know much much faster than, than you would be and then yeah I do agree I think once if you're I think there's a Jiu-Jitsu is, I think, addictive, and I think at some point it can, especially for people that you know have kids and, and jobs and 
things like that. You don't want to get to the point where it's like literally all your, it's all consuming of your brain and your time, time that could maybe be spent with your family or, or you know, otherwise like on YouTube on every every night and all that kind of thing, watching um, North Leeds Jits podcast. <laughs> well, there's times like I know as a parent and having two kids all the way through my Jiu Jitsu journey, um, you know, there's, there's going to be times when, you know, you're coming from work, you're due to be Jiu Jitsu at six, the kids kicking off, your partner's had a bad day, it's bath time. Every now and again, well, let's say that, that family accepts that that's your time to go train. Mm. Every now and again, it's okay not to come train and mm. go do that stuff. Like you've got to prioritize that. And I would also say, see your attendance at Jiu Jitsu as a, in a sliding scale. So if you said to yourself, look, as a routine, I'm, I'm never gonna go to Jiu Jitsu less than twice a week, unless something catastrophic happens. And I'm gonna like top it out at maybe like four classes in a live training, like it's like my best ever week. And you can slide between that and that's fine. Yeah. Don't have to be rigid like I've gotta to come to four or my life falls apart. You've gotta accept that sometimes you're gonna be busy with work, sometimes stuff's gonna happen. But you've just gotta maintain it over time. Two, two things kind of come to mind when I, when I, when I hear you speak about this. Was uh, one of Johnny Gration's posts he, he put up yesterday or the day before, he was saying about how in his 12 week program, um, that loads of all the members pretty much have done, I think. <laughs> um, you know, it, it's like uh, three months you know, or so, you know, something's going to happen in your life in, yeah. in that period where it's going to knock you off the rails as a holiday, as a whatever's happened. And you're going to lose, you know, you're going to get off track. And that's something you should be prepared for. And it's kind of inevitable. Uh, and that's similar with Jiu-Jitsu, right? You know, you're not going to always be able to hit your three or four sessions a, a week. And then equally, I was thinking about the great example of that would be the podcast we did with uh, Mauricio Gomez. He has been on the mat 67 years. I think once you think of your, your uh, jiu-jitsu as a lifelong journey, you know, the individual days and weeks, you know, it doesn't matter if you're not hitting your five sessions a week. Like, as long as you're here in 10 years, as long as you're here in 20 years, like, there's, you know, you can miss a session here and there. That's a great point. It puts it into perspective for you, doesn't it? I'll tell you something else that's really important before we move on from this first question. If you hadn't listened to the pod, the last podcast we did with Lauren, Coach Lauren, you ought to re listen to that because that is one of the most, certainly the most emotional, one of the most profound episodes we've done. But Lauren spoke on there about the wobble that she had at Christmas when she suddenly asked herself the question, like, why am I coming to Jiu-Jitsu? Like, I'm here. Like, what is it? What am I doing? And almost ended a Jiu-Jitsu journey. She said she was almost at the point where she's going to text me, I'm not coming back, see you later. Mm -hmm. The earlier you can ask yourself that question and understand your motivation for being part of Jiu-Jitsu. Now, the 72 responses are saying community, community, friendship, friendship, community, community. Like that is probably most people's major motivation, that they want to be a part of a community, a tribe. I'm reading the book Tribes by Seth Godin. I don't know if you read it. Oh, great. by Seth Godin? Yeah, yeah. Okay. great no, book. Not really. Yeah. Um, and that power of a tribe and wanting to be a part of a collective is such an important thing for us as humans. For, so for most people, that's their motivation. That can keep you here for a long, long time. But what if your mate leaves? Like you've got to have some deep intrinsic motivation to be part. And I think it has to be something along the lines of that you just want to keep developing as a person mm. and just being a better person. And Jiu-Jitsu can give you that on multiple levels, can't it? Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to ask yourself the question, why? Yeah, I think I think that you know the, the continuous self development and with that community piece, it's like something that's even bigger than yourself as well, right? Where you can you know you're coming to jiu jitsu like has a 
you know a benefit to someone else as well because you know it doesn't it doesn't happen by alone does it yeah um, yeah so we'll, we'll move on to the next question I think overall that question what changes would you make it uh, sorry um, the what has been your favorite part of being a member here at GBRL so far overwhelming is community a little bit of competition um, leadership stuff all thrown in there good stuff all right next question what change <laughs> are you looking at answer number five uh, Sorry, say the question. <laughs> yeah. What changes would you make at GBRL, think big or small? So number five, I'd like to see professor and coaches doing a podcast. Oh, I think ours are in a different order, but I have oh. read that one, yeah. <laughs> Ta-da! There you go. We listen to feedback. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we do have a podcast. <laughs> uh, and I think they said to have some coaches on that. I've not got it in front of me, but from memory, they said to have some of the coaches on there as well. Yep. If you look back through the uh, archives, we do have um, some with quite a few. Obviously, we had Coach Lauren last week. We had Coach uh, Andy, Coach Ollie, um, and a few few others as well. So uh, we're going to continue doing some with the coaches. I think it's really good for the parents um, so they know kind of who's on the mats. We'll have Coach Kev on pretty soon because yeah. he's just joined. For those of you who don't know, uh, Kev Meredith um, has joined um, the team on a contractual basis, but he's basically going to be around for every kid's class and almost he wants we want to develop him as kind of a, a lead in the gbk program as he progresses through blue belt yeah and also he's helping to kind of manage and run the facility to make sure that we can maintain the standards of the building so it's always exception an exceptional environment for you guys to come into so that's exciting yeah i think something that came up uh, a few times in this one uh or at least throughout the form was put um, one for the kids was to put small gaps in between the kids classes yeah um just so it does because obviously with this main entrance uh, to the uh matted area with kids leaving and kids coming in it can sometimes get a bit um yeah. congested um so that could be a, could be an option i think also there's a lot of work to be done just maybe logistically since kind of reading that thing i've made a i really tried to bring in like the lc2s to you know the other side of the map before the lc1s kind of finish so Hopefully, LC2s are kind of just stepping onto the mat as the LC1s are leaving the mat, um, rather than kind of all the LC1s trying to leave through that door and all the LC2s trying to go in yeah. through the door. It's a good point, and it's something that Simon, Professor Simon Ling, who runs GB Arnold and GB UK, um, spoke about when I spoke to him about his kid academy. That was one thing that he'd had to implement, because I presume they've got a similar, I've not been to Arnold, but mm. a similar bottleneck. To save the parking as well. I think you can expect us when I get back off the row to have a refresh of quite a number of things within the business. Yeah. The schedule will be one of them. As I come back into the business, having been away at sea for God knows how many weeks, and try to understand where the hell my life's going. Yeah, no, it won't be because I can't grow a beard. I wish I could. Um, try to understand where my life's going and how I interface with GBRL long term into the future. Um, we're probably going to have to have a look at our schedule. I know it's another one there is about class sizes. This one was about tiny champions. Now, we did try and put another tiny champions class on mm. to reduce that class size, but there was no appetite for it. So I don't know where we're going to do that. The tiny champions class would probably have to happen around about quarter to four or four o'clock. And the only gap for that at the moment is Thursday night. Yeah. We've spoken just literally briefly before this, haven't we, that we feel that potentially next year, Thursday classes might be introduced. And that was one of the responses from the previous question as well, Thursday night classes. Mm -hmm. So, you know, 
when we first started this business, it's only me and T. So we, you know, we had to give ourselves an evening off um, because only the two of us doing it. Now we're able to grow our own coaches and we've got some really cool stuff happening with Coach Farouk and Coach Kev and I know a few of you others are quite interested in coaching GB1. We're able to potentially scale out our offering uh, across the schedule so and across the week. So I think maybe we will bring in another tiny champions and some yeah. adult class on the Thursday next year. Um, I think, yeah, on the class size things, I think there was, there was something else. I'm trying to find it quickly, but um, I do think we always do keep for, for the kids class, you know, at least a six to one ratio. And it's yeah. usually a fair bit less with at least me or you or oftentimes both of us walking around being able to go to each group individually as well. Uh, I think there's a uh, good ratio, to be honest. Um, and, and we, especially for the Tiny Champions and LC1, we we rarely go over that. And obviously the LC2 juniors and teens have got more responsibility in that we expect more of them and we don't expect to be just holding their hands, similar as we would with the adults program uh, as they get more older and are actually look like some of our juniors and teens now are looking to, this month we'll be transitioning through into the adults program, right? Yeah, and we always, you know, what you perhaps don't see potentially behind the scenes is the work that goes into us being a really compliant business. So, you know, every single one of our assistant coaches is enhanced DBS checked that, you know, on, on, on a recurring basis that costs the business a thousand pound. That's no problem. We, we'll do that. want to make sure we've got good coaches in there. On a ratio point of view, we make sure that we follow the latest guidance from the NSPCC around safeguarding. We have a, I'm the head safeguarding officer, but we have Sarah Brown, our program director, has worked in safeguarding. Soaps, who's our culture and care champion, works in schools and is exposed to safeguarding. And we've been working, you know, and, and supporting some children through that. So we're always going to have good ratios in classes. There's been a, there's a number of on the switching quickly to the adults class sizes. There's a number of um, points here around more classes, more classes, more classes. Mm. There's not been a situation where we've not had a full class. Yeah. In like the last year, mm -hmm. we've not had a full class. So if we put more classes on, which we will we'll probably end up doing, I know that gives our students more choice, but there's a real balance to be had here. We've got to maintain the health of the business. If we put more classes on, we have to pay for more staff. And all that does is dilute the number of people in the class. So what happens there is you get oftentimes less of a good experience, a reduced experience. Yeah. Because the best experiences are when we've got 16 people in the back room doing GB1, 25 people in the main mat doing GB2. There's a buzz about the place, an energy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And everyone's buzzing. We've just had 12 people in the back at lunchtime because it's a competition tomorrow, and it felt a bit flat. Yeah. You know, like eight, nine, 10, 12, six in the morning, eight in the morning if we're lucky. Mm -hmm. It's just not busy. So we can put more classes on, that doesn't mean that more people are going to come. Mm -hmm. It's going to be less. And I think um, someone made it, I'm not sure if it was in this question, but it was on that kind of point. Um, they were saying, like, if you, if you go, um, and I would encourage you to do this, uh, is go and have a look at some other Jiu-Jitsu academies in the city or around the, the country, their timetables, ones that might have been established for five years, 10 years, yeah. uh, and have a look at their timetables because you'll be quite shocked at like the offerings they have where it's usually just maybe, maybe a morning class, once a week, twice a week, tops. Um, 
maybe a lunchtime class, and then usually it's like a couple of evenings a week. Not, um, I think certainly not kind of near, near not what six we days about. a week. Yeah, yeah, no, totally. Yeah, um, but we will probably because we want to maintain our position as the foremost, in my humble opinion, the foremost academy in the region. We're always going to be pushing the boundaries for you guys, and we're always going to be seeing what we can do to make your experience even better. So I do see next year potentially Thursday classes. I do see another tiny champions class on in the week, um, probably a Thursday at four, quarter four, something. I see mm -hmm. that happening in the future. Um, someone's put on here about more video content. Mm -hmm. We've spoken, like, I'd love to be able to do more of that, and I'd love to be able to do more Matters newsletters and engagement pieces that's not just us teaching you. I think the Jits fixed things landed really well. We'll get yeah. like 800 views on YouTube on those, 1,000 views, fantastic. Mm -hmm. So it is good for us to do. We will continue to try and do it. And this is just, it's me really. I mean, let's be honest. I'm trying to row across an ocean. Like, it is another job on the side. And so I'm, at, I'm being pulled left and right all the time. I've been asked to do a lot of public speaking work, a lot of other stuff. So unfortunately at the moment, carving out time to do things like this, it's really quite challenging. Um, you know, I've run straight from, I'm not giving you a sub story by the way, out of that class, straight into this, straight into the meeting, straight into the meeting on a Friday that won't finish till seven, eight o'clock. That's just my life at the moment. So we will do it, mm -hmm. and we like doing it, and you love it. Yeah. That's why, you know, T's title is like the digital lead for GBRL, one of his, one of his many hats, because we know it's important for us. Yeah, I've got some good content ideas coming up. Um, one that might, you know, there's, so especially for um, the new members coming in, I find, I think there's like loads of stuff we can, uh, do there one thing like you just hear is um, someone put in perhaps teaching how to break fall safely to newcomers sometimes after the warm up uh, which has break fall in it they put in brackets uh, new members get straight into the drills without any knowledge of how to break fall I think like content around that um, for people coming into the academy even just kind of after reading that I've uh, made more of an effort to if there's any throws in the class really not only just teaching the throw but uh, spending time on teaching how to, uh, spending more time on teaching how to do the break balls as well. Um, so I appreciated that. That was good. Some good good feedback. I thought. Yeah, there's stuff here about more GB two classes. I think you can expect that to happen as we develop um, our membership, become more advanced. You know, we've already switched, haven't we? So we tend to have the GB two now in the main mat space on a Monday. Um, we do one GB2 class on a Monday night, we do one on a Thursday afternoon. Definitely need one in the morning in the future. Um, and I see us having another one on an evening as well, potentially that Thursday night. There's some really good, um, okay, checking on people's mental health when you can. Well, on Tuesday the 10th, we are open, uh, there's no classes. We put it that on that Tuesday because it's Mental Health Awareness Week and also because that Tuesday normally has competition training. Our competitors are out there this weekend, so that seemed like the most logical time. So do come down on Tuesday the 10th. Um, if Will this go out before then? Yeah. Perfect. So do come down on Tuesday the 10th and come and have a coffee and come and have a talk. There's more and more people suffering. We know that. We know you're out there. Come and have a talk and um, let's, let's fix some of those problems for you if we can. Um, Maybe just moving through some of these quickly, just I've got quick answers. Someone put, would, uh, I would appreciate if there's a drop-in class every two to three weeks where you could come in and learn grips and the framing and just practice drills, different basic moves and even practice some solo drills. We have that, it's called like study hall. Uh, yeah. uh, it's done on a Wednesday evening and a Friday evening. Um, 
and you can come in. It was packed the other night at study hall. There'll be probably some other advanced belts there and you can ask them questions or I'll usually be floating around the mat seeing what people are doing as well. Um, and you can practice any kind of solo movements or some of those basic things in study hall. That's a really good use of your time. Yeah, there's a really good detail one there about third junior and teens class and some recycling of the uniforms. I'll definitely look at that in more detail. There's one on injuries here. So how these are dealt with from a membership point of view, injuries come in the territory, but is there a process for logging them with the academy? So we don't get a inverted comments, we care message. Well, we have a culture and care champion. We have a member of staff who's works eight hours a week and is paid just to do that. And that's to look after people. Um, so you will definitely get a call from soaps if you're injured and this person says that they understand we're a business and we don't need we don't think it's fair that we'd stop paying fees well we do offer you to freeze your membership yep. uh, if you are injured in the academy for an unlimited amount of time so if you're in, if you're injured in jiu-jitsu you can freeze your membership and there's mem many members who've done this recently for as long as it takes for you to get fixed we have a relationship within the guard uh, physiotherapy who are arguably the best in leads you get 10 percent off as a member if you go down and see them tom Walker down there's a blue belt in jiu-jitsu which understands jiu-jitsu and grappling injuries, so you've got access to them. I think we do really well. We have the real groom. This person's asking for access to the real, real groom for free, for recovery, uh, at full fee for recovery. We offer the real groom to anyone. And I think so, another one in there was about the price of real groom. So we have addressed that, I think, by offering a class pack for the real groom, so you mm. can get 10 sessions there for 50 quid. We have lowered load the price of the real groom as well. We've loaded it already, yeah. but that is five quid. Like, I went to Starbucks the other day, got a coffee, it's like 2.95. You For five quid, you can go and do an ice bath, a sauna, a workout, whatever you want to do, mobility, rehab work. That's not a lot of money to invest in yourself. So I think, actually, the real groom's priced right. Now we've got that option. So it's either less than a tenner a month, and you can come, that's like three pound a session, or you buy a class pack and it's five quid. Like, you're telling me you're not gonna put three quid towards your holistic health? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, maybe just before we uh, move on, I thought maybe this is an interesting bit of feedback. Uh, I won't read the full thing, which is quite long, but sometimes the coaches appear to have favorites, particularly when uh, their own kids are in their training. Um, addressing that, I think from a- Sorry, say that again. Uh, sometimes the coaches appear to have favorites, particularly when their own kids are in their training. Um, and it goes on a little bit about um, feeling confused and stuff like that. I think from my personal opinion, what I'd say, I think the coaches that are parents of kids in that class are usually the harshest on, those, on, the, on their, uh, their kids rather than kind of spending extra time on them. Yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, obviously, people are probably talking about me and Gabe. Um, yeah, no one can say he gets an easier ride. He gets the no. hardest ride out of everyone. Yeah. Um, because I expect more from him, not just on the map, because he's been training longer than everyone else, but also because, you know, he knows, we've spoke about this, that he has a role to play in being an ambassador for those kids because, the camera will give me, because of, okay, of who I am and what we do. So... Yeah, no, no, there'll be no favourites. No, no child of any coach, or certainly my own child, is going to get more time from any other coach. If I see that happening, I will tackle it. If, yeah. if you've got a specific instance that you can think of and that's happening regularly and I'm not seeing it, then please tell us and we'll, we'll sort it out. For sure. All right, got to move on on the questions because uh, we're running out of, bit of time here. 
Um, why did you join GBRL? Pretty simple question. Um, read this one that's kind of picked up in my eyes quickly. Been eyeing up BJJ for years, but always play it off. GBRL provided a really clear and open understanding of how to join. Costs and trials, etc. Sounds simple, but most of the websites are pants <laughs> and confusing. Then once you meet the team and staff, it's hard to not be instantly hooked. So yeah, I think that's uh, something we put an emphasis on from the start, really. We wanted to be not only just um, a great academy in terms of coaching and facilities, but also how um, you go from not being a member to being a member, that whole journey. And I think it's really important and that you guys have the, uh, a smooth ride because it can be kind of a confusing time. It can be a, um, a scary time sometimes when you're starting a martial arts. So we wanted to put as much out there for you guys uh, to make that easy as possible for you. Yeah, quite a few of these are around um, like pushing yourself to do something that you wouldn't ordinarily do and to challenge yourself, and I think that's brilliant. One thing I would say, kind of to wrap that bit up, like why do you join? I think if you've had a if you've had a positive experience with us, and it's given you something, and there's quite a lot of uh, anecdotal evidence here that you know this academy has given you something really positive in your life. Share it. Like, and I don't say that in a, with a business hat on. Like, I want to make more money. Like. I want to help more people. We want more people like you who've had a good experience to be able to help themselves. So, you know, if it's if it's the community that you really love and you love having that and what it gives you, bring a friend down. Like if it's the fact that you're really pushing yourself and it's it's helped you believe that you're more capable than you thought you were, bring someone down who, who don't believe in themselves. Like share it. We run a referral scheme, which is our attempt to try and encourage that. You know, you, you'll all get 30% off your next GBY order. Someone said the other day, if I buy five geese, do I get 30% off all of them? Like, yeah, I'm not bothered. It's just a token of like, can we bring more people in and can we help change more lives? So ultimately that's what we're here to do, right? Mm -hmm. And this is a pretty special one. Uh, a couple of years ago, I lost an ex-partner to suicide. And as a result, I immediately began looking after myself in a way that would protect me from feeling even close to how they felt. Other than simple things like con consistent meditation and making sure I slept and ate right, I began doing things that were challenging and outside of my comfort zone. I wanted to start BJJ as it was one of the furthest things out of my comfort zone I could think of, and I always liked the idea of being proficient at a martial art too. I took It took a while, but I finally put, plucked up the courage to try it. So I thought that was awesome. Whoever that was, really proud of you, and um, I'm glad you could find somewhere that you enjoyed. Um, Let's move on. Yeah. Can't top that. Yeah. <laughs> Next question was, what keeps you training at, at GBRL? First one with, uh, on my list is the pursuit of the black belt. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we spoke about it in the podcast with Coach Lauren. I've, I've harped on about this since you guys have been listening. So you've probably stopped listening. But uh, like that's got to be your minimum level of goal in terms of a tangible physical goal. You know, it can't be a blue belt. It can't be a purple belt. It can't be a brown belt. Because... You ain't finished the job yet. And even a black belt, going back to Coach T's point about Mauricio, uh, Master Mauricio Goddess, like the job ain't finished. You've got to set yourself the longest term goal possible and work towards that. And, and the most realistic one will be to be a black belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. It says so much about you as a person. It's about to say that to someone like, if people ask, like, what do you do? And I tell them, and they say, you're a black belt in BJJ. Particularly now, when most people know what Jiu Jitsu is, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is, there's still a sense of like, wow, 
that's a great achievement. Like, and there's not many things in life which are like so special anymore. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Like a lot of people have done a marathon now. A lot of people have done Ironman. You know, they, there's a, a lot of people tick those boxes to stick at something for eight to 10 years and what that says about you as a character. You gotta, you gotta do that in your life, man. You gotta have that box ticked. I think yeah. so. This is a nice one. Um, how my son holds Professor Mike and all the coaches in such high regard due to them being so brilliant and welcoming towards children, making training fun yet instilling respect and going above and beyond to make us feel like we're all part of a community, which is nice. Something... Um, Who's put Coach T to Shaka? Is that you? That was me, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I filled this out a few times. You kept putting Coach T down. Um, something that I have to sometimes keep reminding myself about is how how quickly and um, profoundly you have an impact on some of these kids' lives. So it, Ollie just reminded, I think, yesterday or the day before, um, he, he saw Otis and Ren, his, who came for their like first Tiny Champions three to four-year-old class uh, this past weekend. Uh, he saw Ren out on the trampoline and she was like, like, Right, I'm Coach T, and we're doing jiu-jitsu. <laughs> sure, so it's just bouncing there. Like, I barely spoke to Ren much in that class, but obviously, like, um, you know, they see us, and I guess they kind of think of us as like role models, and exciting for them. Oh, you know, um, we just got a nice video from uh, Ibby uh, a months ago yeah. back, and there's a similar kind of thing with Issa and Alana. Um, so yeah, it's always. It's important to remind yourself, I guess, of just how much of an impact you're having. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we can always remember that that teacher or coach, can't we? That you know, we look back and we think, wow, if it wasn't for Mister or Mrs. So and So, like mm. maybe I wouldn't be doing this, or they were the ones who believed in me, and they were the ones who who pushed me or challenged me, or and so yeah, I think if we we can't lose sight of that because you know, ultimately, every chance, every time that child comes in, it's why we're really hot on like high fives and stuff mm. because what's that? What that's saying to the child is like, I've noticed you. You know, we're touching hands. I've noticed you, and it's that I use that word a lot in the kids' class. If you if you come to them, you'll you'll know. I, I often say to the kids, "I've noticed how you're doing this." Children want to be seen, and they want people to take an interest in what they're doing. And I think that's such a positive thing for them in a world where there's more and more people on screens and there's less people interacting. We definitely try and change that um, on the mat. So that's brilliant. There's a lot here actually about like, and I appreciate it. Like the good quality instruction. Um, Again, you guys should know about the ICP and that all coaches are certified. We make sure we go through a proper process and we give training. We have a session every Monday where coaches come in and we go through, fairly informally, but we go through the techniques of the week that we're going to be teaching to make sure we know what we're doing. I think we can probably skip through. They're uh, all very nice, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, why, why, why are you still here? Well, you're not going to tell us anything bad because you won't be here. <laughs> yeah. Um, then was, we had a couple of questions about have you recommended us to a friend yet and if not is there a reason why I think we can quite easily skip over that I think it's more for internal well 85% um, of people say that they have which is great yeah um, and then how likely are you to still be a member in 12 months time um, 50% of 60 70% of people said they would be here like 10 out of 10 there's a few people who are looking at leaving I think uh, well, I don't mind speaking real quickly about why people are leaving. We, we, we capture the responses on that internally. We've started doing that, haven't we? Mm, yeah. To try and see trends and see, again, ways that we can improve. The vast majority of people, unless they feel like they can't tell us, and that, that could be a reason. 
they're not leaving because they don't enjoy it. There's been one or two who have, who've clashed with me or, and that's fine. You know, I'm not going to get on with everybody. Some people I will push and, and that's not received very well. And again, that's fine. Um, the majority of people are leaving because of the change of circumstances, right? Financially, usually, and we, we get that. Um, so though, just before we finish up here, last question is, any other notes or things you'd like to say? Got like another 45 responses in this one, so um, nice one. I've, I've struggled quite a lot with my mental health and GBRL has helped me with this immensely. You do such good work and I cannot, uh, I cannot under understate uh, what impact you have on students' lives. So it's really sweet to hear. Um, again, if, if you are struggling with the mental health, again, Tuesday uh, will be the day to come down for that uh, Tuesday evening and we'll just kind of have an informal um, talk with everyone. Yeah, so, uh, someone's put in like more comfy seating, uh, free coffee. <laughs> Didn't um, one of the parents put, I think there was one where like, can we ask parents not to use their phones and read <laughs> i think that's the same person oh, yeah. so encouraging parents yeah. off the phones and reading yeah. instead of not watching the session well i mean that's an individual point of view um access yeah so i mean i've i spend a bit of time with uh, a parent who um is blind and try and help them develop and she's a lovely lovely woman i love spending time with her uh, and monty the dog and i wish we had better access on the first floor, it's really quite challenging for us. I'd love to be able to have like a para uh, offering here. R maybe one day, really struggling with that at the moment. Mm -hmm. right? But it's something I'm mindful of. In terms of the comfy seating, I mean, it's pretty comfy. We, we specifically designed the floor plate like this to offer different zones almost, in, dependent on how close you want to be to the mat. So if you wanted to engage with your child on the mat, and sit next to them and watch them be there. You could sit along the side of the mat. Now we could put some cushions out there. We might do that. Let's do that in fact, we'll do that. Yeah. That'll answer that question straight away. Um, the majority of parents that I see aren't necessarily on the phones in there. They tend to be in here. But this is an environment where you're not next to the mat and you can come relax. Some parents, perhaps single parents, might see it as a chance to just have a, an hour on their own mm -hmm. or 45 minutes to read or listen to a podcast or relax. So I think we try and offer all that um, and actually for some children as well, it's quite nice for parents to sometimes take a step back and allow them to just to be themselves on the map. Um, and certainly we see that when the kids become older, we get less and less parents sticking around, don't we? In fact, we have some teenagers, this is remarkable. Some teenagers, like 14 year old, get two buses from the other side of Leeds to come and train here. That's right, yeah. It's amazing. Um, this would, would be a good one to dress for, is it? Uh... For a school like this, it's inevitable that its success may one day seed expansion to other locations. If this time ever comes, please do, please do remember what made this academy great. Uh, what, yeah, what made this Sometimes it's difficult to retain all the special qualities that have been built up over time as they can easily become stretched and diluted. This would be a real shame. Wish you all the success, please, but please do always stay true to your humble beginnings. Well, I think you've openly said before like, that you've no plans to open up a secondary um, location, which... Well, I'll just stay now, but yeah. it's never going to happen. Yeah. I mean, what I, what I might do is I might help someone else, one of my students who potentially one day wants to go and open their own school, I could help that, but you can't, you can't replicate what I've done here. Yeah. It's unique in so many aspects. It's location, it's env the environment, mm -hmm. the staff, you know, the coaches. It, 
the fact we all started in lockdown and then grew together, you couldn't replicate that again. And, and no one would want to, and it's a good point. What you find is that a lot of, and there's other um, academies in the city, of course, who are owned by someone who owns multiple academies. Um, uh, I'm talking jujitsu there, not, not, not anything else. Each one will be different. And I don't think you can really have the impact you want to have if you're spreading yourself across multiple locations. Um, so no, we have no plans to do that. It's why, you know, I brought, I offered T a part of the business as a gift at, at Christmas and why he's got an option to come further into the business and own more of it over time because I do see this as creating a pathway and opportunity for other people, particularly UT, but also other people who want to come work with us and a few quid, give back to the community, develop themselves. We're always going to be here. You've got a meeting starting in well, three in minutes. Three minutes. minutes. Um, but one of the most important feedback we've probably got, got five minutes because okay. that it's any time between three and quarter past okay. five. The most important feedback we might have got was Coach T is cute. <laughs> really? Yeah. Was that from you, Professor? No, not from me. <laughs> <laughs> have, we, have we managed to get through all the questions? This is the last question that was on the form, yeah. Good. Um, Did you put that one on again? Yeah, that was one of the responses yeah, I put, yeah. Uh, could we add more mobility drills into the warm-up or put on BJJ mobility drills class on the timetable? I think it'd be super useful to help avoid injuries and things that things we could do outside the academy to supplement our training. And a regular quarterly, perhaps, uh, member social would be a nice thing to do. Other than that, you guys are doing great and I'm proud to be part of GBR. So we do do more movement in GB2, but it's more kind of jiu-jitsu specific. Mm. Uh, again, I've spoken to Kev about this because he's got a lot of qualifications in movement and, and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'd love to be able to do that and Baja Fit, I'd love to have a Baja Fit offering. We could really scale this place out, but as it stands with the current membership level, it doesn't support all those other activities. Yeah. I think if we grew by another 100 members, we could do it. Yeah, for now as well, we do, we do have some uh, mobility exercises that we recorded with Tom Walker, who mentioned earlier, um, that you can work on. Um, when people ask me what they can be doing at home, uh, you know, if they have to have to spend some time away from jiu-jitsu, I always say mobility is probably one of the best things you can do yeah. because it's going to prepare your body to be able to learn easier when you're in class next time, just because you'll be able to move your body better, right? Um, and members' social stuff. Uh we haven't had anything too recently, but obviously we've got the Tuesday thing, kind of like a bit of a social event, I guess. Um, but yeah, we, we have Sarah who who does try and um, plan some some social events for the members. Usually they just kind of end up being natural points in the calendar. So like our Christmas event, we have a summer break, which will... Like, 23rd July is going to happen, yeah. Yeah, and then, you know, it's a little kind of... We do some impromptu stuff. Competitions um, if we go to like the English and stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, it's a good point though I mean yeah. we, we could try and do something again with the greatest respect that when we have done them 10 people turn up mm. so you know we, we it'd have to be successful enough that it takes the time and uh, we are a business as well and whilst for the 90% of the week you don't feel like it like I'm the one who has to balance those books and has to make sure that if I'm asking someone or myself who's going to spend the time to create an event and we did the fireworks night, right? We'll yeah. do that again this year because that's giving back to the community. But if we're going to invest time in stuff like that, like we need people to turn up. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a nice one for Johnny. Johnny's a fantastic receptionist and always welcomes families and children when they walk through the door. Yeah. We're always getting compliments oh, man. From, from Johnny. He gets the most of my positive feedback. Yeah, I know. But he's probably arguably the best person in here. To be fair, yeah. Well, I mean, people who remember Layla who's here, so her brother wanted the job, he was, he was 18, and the natural option for me, or for anyone really, would be just to say, yeah. But Johnny was in the mix, and you're only 14, and like, if you put it on paper, most people, uh, and I blow my own trumpet here a little bit, but most people would not do that. They'd go with the 18-year-olds who you already kind of knew. We don't do that around here. We don't do that in GBRL. We're different. You know, we don't employ a program director. We employ someone that care about community first and culture. You know, we don't go heavy on the cell. We go heavy on the digital and the content to give back. We do stuff like this. We give up time to help people who can't see. You know, we... Constantly trying to do something different. And Johnny is that one of those guys that, are, like, I took a punt on him, and it's like one of the best decisions I've ever made. And he, hopefully, if, I hope he listens to this as well, will be with us for a few years because he's got, you know, he's not going to be going anywhere. Well, I'm not going to let him go anywhere for the next two or three years. So the there'll someone, <laughs> yeah. So there'll be someone who we can, as the kids can grow up with again and see as a positive role model, you know? Mm-hmm. Such an important thing. But no, we'll pass on your feedback and, um, He's just got a pay rise, but I probably should give him another treat or something. <laughs> well done, Johnny. Look, there's so much great feedback here. We could go through each one and, and do probably like another two of these. But um, just want to, I think it's important for people, everyone that did give us feedback, thank you. And, and we um, have and will continue to keep going through this and try and um, address each um, point. Um, and yeah, was there anything do you want to finish up with, Professor? No, we just keep telling us, you know, because we're invested in you guys and we're invested in doing the best thing we can possibly do here. So if there is something, don't sit on it. Like if there's something that's annoying you or you think we could do better, come and tell us. You're always going to be met with a positive response. If we can do something about it, we will. Mm-hmm. And if we can't, it's because we can't. Yeah. Yeah, so definitely don't. you don't have to wait till there's a, a feedback form floating around. It's nice for us to just be able to collate it all into one, but never feel like... Um, you can't come speak to us about anything, even if you feel like it would be offensive or anything like that. It's like we're always happy to hear what we want to change in the academy. Okay, all right, guys. Happy days. Until next time. <laughs>